Hi, I'm Sandy Floria. For the past 20 years, Compassion Radio has been a part of our family in some fashion. You see, when Bram took the position as web developer in 97 and then producer 10 years later, it was never just a job. It was a ministry our family believed in. It wasn't just the statement of faith or even the set of values. It's a compassionate mission. At Compassion Radio, we seek to be the hands and voice of Christ's compassion, serving those who suffer the most, wherever faith costs the most, and then we bring the stories to you. Proverbs 14.31 says, Those who help the poor honor God. Won't you help us continue this mission? Will you give compassionately? Please contact us today by phone, mail, or online. 800-868-2478 P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or com. Thank you. On today's Compassion Radio. I was standing there. I was clapping and jumping because I was cold. I was sitting and listening to the sermon. The only heater that was up front behind the preacher mm-hmm. to heat up the preacher. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I, I wish I could be there just for it. A minute. So when when the preacher said, "So if you wanna blah 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 blah, come up here," <laughs> I, I, was, I was the first one to run. Intrepid. When God tells you to go, then everything works out. He provides. Involved. It is so exciting to see what God can do, and this is why there is so much hope. International. Compassion Radio allows the listener to get involved in projects that are going to change history. This is Compassion Radio. From the classroom to the war room, in all the places where God is preparing His people to do battle and advance His kingdom, Compassion Radio is there to bring you that story. Thanks for joining us for today's Adventure in Faith. Sometimes God calls us to different situations in order to bring His peace where it's needed most. In times like these, it's a great comfort to have a solid praying partner at your side. The couple you'll meet today are just those kind of people. By day, they minister to thousands of young people in a booming evangelical church. In their off hours, well, they're into a whole different level of intrepid ministry at the very front lines and not just of faith. Recently, Bram and Sandy sat down with this amazing ministry couple in the country of Ukraine. They're at the heart of this month's special Compassion Radio Project. Here's Bram. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for just the time and the presence, the ability to sit across the table from dear people who are serving you in incredible ways right here in Ukraine. Lord, I pray a special anointing upon Oleg and Oksana today, especially today, for our purposes, so that you speak clearly through their lips to the hearts of the audience in America that needs to know what you're doing here and needs to pray along with them for great and mighty things of the Spirit to happen in this country. For the protection of the innocent, the children, and the people stuck in the war zone. For the spirit of this nation. For whatever else that you are passionate about, Lord. Lord, we know there's sacrifice going on here. and We want to capture the truth of that. But we don't want to just talk about facts. We want to talk about your heart for the people of Ukraine and for this part of the world and for the Russian people that are under oppression. God, I pray for breakthroughs. And I thank you for the magnificent, for their 
complete availability to you. Help us honor that today as we talk. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, friends, today my wife Sandy and I have an incredible privilege. We're sitting across the table right now with a not-so-young couple, but they're young at heart and they have lots of energy. We have Oleg and Oksana Magdic. They are, I don't even know how to describe them in terms that American audiences would understand much about ministry, but they're pastors. They work in church, and you would think that that would be a youth minister. Yes, Oleg is a youth minister. You, you might think about a family's pastor, someone who runs small groups at a church. Yes, Oleg does that too. But he's also a pastor of the war front, and he'll have to explain how it all knits together today. But there are not many people you're going to hear on radio or anyplace else that are literally on the front lines of a hot conflict and going to do youth ministry every week with their young people and keeping them all together under a, a missionary worldview. This man is a patriot for Ukraine. He and his wife are passionate about the people and the mission that God has given them here in Ukraine. And their story of how they got here is incredible, too. It's my honor to introduce to our Compassion Radio audience, Oleg and Oksana. Welcome to Compassion Radio. Thank you. Wow, that was quite a... I hope someone would do that speech <laughs> when they bury me. <laughs> we can record it for you if you like to keep it in your pocket for that time. <laughs> and we don't expect to lose you anytime soon. Wow. Although as a, a soldier of fortune, you might say, God's fortune, you are certainly armed to the teeth just for protection for the people that you carry with you. You are a patriot in this country, and I mean that in the truest sense. You love the people of Ukraine. And I know you also love the people of Russia and those who are caught in the spiritual and the political bind that divides these two countries right now. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit of how Jesus found the two of you and how you found each other? My background is not Christian background. My parents are not Christians. And I came to church when I was 16, uh, being a college student. I was never looking for God. But he has found me, and since that time, I, I've been in a ministry, a full-time ministry, since day one at church. So God found you, and in one day, a switch goes on, and you jump straight to being a minister of the gospel. Kind of, yeah. It was, it was 1992, I think. That was just after the Soviet Union collapsed, and freedom came to Ukraine, and churches were popping up and growing drastically like it. And it was a really good time of God doing his job in Ukraine. And that's when I, when I came to God. Oleg, you told me earlier a bit about your conversion story. I know you think it's very long, but there are probably a couple of little details that are really interesting to our audience. So don't hesitate to give us some of the most <laughs> interesting highlights of okay. how God got you. Okay, I came to God because I was cold physically cold. Mm. At that time I was, a, I was a part of the students theater. Mm -hmm. I played and I performed and, and my friends invited me to come to this church and I only went there because this church was meeting at the school that I have finished just a couple of year, years ago and at that time there was no church mm. in my school. So I just went there to check out and that, that was winter and it was really cold, like Ukraine cold. Yeah. It and happens here often. Yeah, yeah. And the, the building where the church met was like made of 
steel and glass mm. and no heating and it was cold oh, that so i was standing there i was clapping and jumping because i was cold and when they were saying and then i was sitting and listening to the sermon and the only thing i could think of was the only heater that was up front behind the preacher mm-hmm. to heat up the preacher and i was sitting there and i was like man i I wish I could be there just for a minute, just on the stage. Yeah. So when when the preacher said, "So if you wanna blah 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 blah, come up here," <laughs> I, I, was, I was the first round to uh, the first one to run, and I stood there and I said the prayer. I, I had no idea what I'm doing. Right. I just felt so good, and they gave me this New Testament that I read through the night, and all the next morning I realized what just happened, and so that. So God moved you toward the heat. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's still doing that, moving you to the hottest places in all of this country. Interesting call. Now, how did you find your lovely wife? I've been doing Christian camps all my life. I mean, all my Christian life. And at some point, we met at the Christian camping seminar where she was teaching and I was interpreting for one American guy that was teaching alongside her. And Christian camping international is very strong in this country. It is, yeah, it is. And at some point, we both uh, used to work for them here. And that's where we met. So, Oksana, what did you think of this young man who might have been clean-cut back then? Now you've got kind of that biker, gnarly beard look. You mix in very well with the kind of people you have to travel among now. What did you think of this young boy when you first met him? I knew him three years before. I knew him for three years before that seminar. But at, at that moment, uh, I looked at him differently. Hmm. I saw a different man. I saw a different man. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What was so different about him then? Before that, I knew him as a friend, and and now I met this guy who was able to make serious decisions. So, a maturity had happened in those years, and from that point on, you trusted what God was going to say through him to you? That's what I'm still doing. Pay better than Friends, when this interview was recorded in 2017, Ukraine was just recovering from the traumatic events of the Maidan massacre and crackdown by the puppet Russian-sponsored regime in Ukraine. The church mounted a robust response and put their lives on the line, not just for political freedom, but for free expression of religion and an honest press. They vigorously pushed back against propaganda and the undermining of their autonomy, economy, and peace of mind. They've paid for that dearly over the years. You'll be hearing more about that story as it's developed over the years in future programs. I'm relieved to tell you that Oleg and Oksana are still serving their countrymen and their churches with sacrificial love and faith. They preach the word and live it out day by day. May God protect them, defend them, and preserve them through the current dangers and uncertainties. I invite you to pray the same way. Remember, friends, that stories like these come to you because you make it possible. If you want to keep hearing what God is doing on the front lines of faith, then I encourage you to give generously to keep Compassion Radio on the air. 
You can do that right now by calling our toll-free line to make your gift of support. That number is 1-800-868-2478. Again, that's 1-800-868-2478. You can also send your gift and prayer requests by mail to the following address. Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. That's Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And, of course, you can reach us anytime, day or night, through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friends, more than ever. I look forward to hearing from you right away. And now, back to our interview. You trusted what God was going to say through him to you? That's what I'm still doing. <laughs> Amen to that. So then you have a deep faith in Christ as well. Mm-hmm. And um, as he's moving into this new role of going to the front line, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you hear from him for a time, and then you don't hear from him for a long time. Um, how does that deepen your faith as you pray for what he's doing on the front line? My prayer life changed drastically. Before I went through some hard times in my life, I survived through the more horrible war. And now it, it helps me to take th- things easier and smile. And trust God more. The more horrible war you speak of was not something that happened here in Kiev. It was a family event that drove you here, that drove you to the place where you met Oleg. Can you explore that with us a moment, what you went through during those years? My family used to live in Tajikistan. I was born and I was raised there. And in 1992, when the Soviet Union fell apart, there were first uh, elections happening in Tajikistan, free elections after the Soviet Union. And there were two radical parties that uh, were running for presidentship, Muslim parties. They didn't agree, they couldn't agree with, with each other. And that's why the, the civil war started. It was, really, it was really bad because they've been giving uh, guns to anyone, even teenagers. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a really huge informational blockade. Like they, 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 they would block the information going out. Just a few people knew about what's going on in Tajikistan. And the civil war was for nine years. But we were able to escape when, uh, I think it was the second year of the war. I would agree that the blockade was effective. We heard very little about that country at all during those years. So I want to apologize 
on behalf of the Church of the West that we didn't know how to pray when there was such suffering happening in Tajikistan. It is very hard to bear suffering alone. It's something that we do not want to repeat. Our prayer is that our listeners will hear and understand the depth of what's happening here in Ukraine and pray differently mm-hmm. and pray more effectively for the work you do here so that that deficit is not repeated. Mm-hmm. Going through that experience with the um, civil war in Tajikistan helps me now not just to understand what's going on right now in Ukraine, but it helps me to release my husband to go to the front and to do what he does. You're a brave woman. God brings mercy to us, and sometimes his mercies are very severe. Understand that word in English? Mm-hmm. And I speak that out of ignorance, not out of knowledge. You mm-hmm. understand the word mm-hmm. that I can only speak. So you say your prayers have changed. Are there specific things that you pray now that you never would have prayed before? I pray for God to use my husband in a way that he wants to. That's a wide-open invitation to God. Mm-hmm. And what little I've heard so far is that God is answering your prayers day by day. Mm-hmm. And he continues to use this man not just to supply those who need support and equipment and the tools to defend their nation, but somehow this also mixes in with a, a living gospel that you are bringing the truth of, and love of Christ, the compassion of Christ, to the place where it's needed most. So, Oleg, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of work? I understand there is operational security issues. I don't want to give away too much information that could be dangerous for you or for the pastors and volunteers you work with. But are there things you can tell us a bit about what you're doing over in Donetsk in that area to help us understand the scope of your ministry as well as the dangers involved? Well, for you and your listeners to to understand what's going on, I have to give a little bit of history. For the last 20 years, the guy who was in charge of the uh, Ukrainian army, one of the chief commander, was Russian citizen. The guy who was in charge of the Ukrainian police was Russian citizen. The guy who was in charge of the secret police was a Russian citizen. And they did everything they could. And for the last 10 years, we've had a totally pro-Russian president. And everything they wanted to do is to destroy Ukrainians' independence and what they did, they destroyed Ukrainian army. They were selling stuff, firing people. So when Russia took over Crimea, um, everything we had was 1,200 trained and equipped men to fight for 45 million nation, 1,200 men. And that's why I started doing what I do. And there are hundreds of people like me who started asking for help and getting help from Ukrainians and from foreigners, buying stuff, smuggling it to the country, uh, taking it to the front lines to help our soldiers to survive. And and the only thing I personally wanted for them is to stay alive. Yes. So this was in your heart uh, a compassionate mission to bring home the sons and make sure that they survive the conflict. Now, we need to understand this is analogous to us in America 
having this, the state of California, which is about the same population mm -hmm. as all of Ukraine, being defended by 1,200 people mm -hmm. on every border they have. And they mm -hmm. have a similar size border here in Ukraine to mm -hmm. what California has with the neighboring states. It is hard to imagine the, the weight of responsibility or even the guilt that would pour onto soldiers feeling like they're responsible to save their people. And you as a pastor feeling responsible to save the sons and daughters of Ukraine. So you took the impossible task. But it's not impossible when God multiplies things. And so name for me some of the things that God led you to to start supplying your troops with. Everything started with my friend calling me. He, he was a volunteer in our prayer tent downtown Kiev during the revolution. And then he volunteered to go and defend the country. And he called me in probably two or three weeks and was like, hey, can you help me? I was like, yeah, sure, what do you need? And he was like, can you bring me some boots? I was like, boots. okay, do you need like some special James Bond kind of boots? <laughs> and I was like, no, I need boots. So my friend and I, we asked people to give money and, and we get, got some money and we bought a lot of boots and we took them to the front lines. And that was the moment when I decided that I have to do something about it because I saw my friend wearing flip-flops oh fighting in the trenches. And so we started with simple things and you name it. I mean, socks, boots, uh, Kevlar helmets, bulletproof vests, uh, medicine, food, like anything. This conversation is going to get into some hard territory and it's also going to be a story of hope and a resurrection of sorts. And we're going to carry it over to tomorrow's programs. I hope that our Compassion Radio listeners will stick with us. This might be one of those important interviews that we've done in years. So I hope that our listeners will stick with us for the next couple of days as we talk further with Oleg and Oksana Magdich of Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow.
Cher Nelson with a special word for those of you who are actively involved with supporting the broadcast ministry of Compassion Radio. We're grateful to each of you who give to our Compassion Projects. Without you, we could not be the hands and feet of Jesus in these difficult places. But those of you who stand with us in the financial support of the ministry, especially you who have pledged a monthly gift, you are the backbone of everything we do, and we are grateful and blessed by your understanding of the need. Please give at CompassionRadio.com or call 1-800-868-2478 or mail your gift to Post Office Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. That's CompassionRadio.com or 1-800-868-2478 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And I pray for blessings and the joy of service in your life.